0: uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to WandaHoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard. And today we have with us an amazing guest who really helped me break through some of my limiting beliefs around money. I had no idea what it was capable of. So, welcome, Ryan D. Lee. He is the founder of Cash Flow Tactics, and he has helped over 100 people be able to elevate their lives in every area, not just business. We're talking about relationships being better and everything becoming elevated because they finally have money working for them, not them working constantly for their money. And he has just barely had this amazing breakthrough and huge success of helping 1000 game plans be in motion for that many people more to be able to achieve that financial freedom where they can finally start living the dreams they were meant to live. So welcome, Ryan. I'm so glad that you're here. Please tell everybody more about what you do.
1: Uh, Wanda, it is such a, honestly, a pleasure and an honor to be on this podcast with you today. I think today more than ever, um, people need clarity, clarity around what's important in life because man, we are so distracted, right? I mean, I came late to this podcast because I was distracted. <laughs> Uh, And I think one of the most important things that individuals, especially families and parents can do is have clarity on what their core key values are. And I love that you're helping entrepreneurial families because I think when you put the mix of being an entrepreneur, being married and having children, when you put those three amazing elements together in one potion, in one situation, in one life, it has the elements for amazing, awesome, you know, fantastic life. But it also has the elements for complete chaos and and, uh, confusion. So it's it's a it's a wonderful ride to be on, and I'm glad that you're helping uh, individuals gain more clarity on what's important to them.
0: Ah, oh, beautiful! Thank you so much. So, I really like this topic too about distraction because it's so true. Everything is like pulling us in a million different directions. So, first, I want you to tell us just a like a two sentence of what Calofa, uh Cash Flow Tactics is about, so that everybody kind of gets the world that you're coming from
1: okay well you asked me to put it in two sentences i'm going to give you maybe two minutes <laughs> here's what it is so the main objective of flow tactics is to empower people with money yeah okay? i mean it's really that simple but when i say that no one understands what it means to be empowered by money so the way we measure success inside of flow tactics is anyone that follows our methodology can be financially free in 10 years or less and we define financial freedom as when the income from your assets exceeds your expenses But that's not really the definition of success in my real opinion. That's what gets people moving because they feel the pain of money. They want to be financially free. But the real reason for financial freedom is to empower people to use money as a tool to build and live amazing lives, to achieve their God-given purposes, to pursue their dreams, to not wait for one day, this idea, this elusive idea of retirement, but to live a purpose-driven life today,
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me that the normal is let's wait until we're 50, 60, and then retire on money that's lost so much value. And now like it's not actually working for us the way that it is. So beautiful idea there. So what is it exactly that cashflow tactics does? What's the platform of it?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, we help increase people's financial IQ, their financial intelligence, because at the end of the day, if you really think about it money doesn't like money is just a, a symbol it's a it's a piece of paper it's a number in a bank account it's a digital currency it doesn't really exist it's a symbol of humans exchanging with humans and exchanging value for value so at the end of the day we have to teach people what money is what it represents and how to use it to buy their most important resource back which is time and if you think about traditional financial planning it's all about trading a lot of time with your fingers crossed, hoping that one day you have, quote unquote, (laughs) enough money to buy your time back. But if you really go one level deeper than that, no one knows what that even means. No one knows how to retire. No one knows how much money they they need to have saved up. No one knows how to turn the money that they have saved up into income. So the very first thing that we do for people is just give them a set of decision-making processes of where they should put their money to get the biggest result back, which is buying your time back. That's number one. Then number two, once they have a framework, once they have the principles of how to buy their time back, then we build unique game plans for every individual to where, you know, we take the principles and we align those principles to you based on your goals, based on your resources and based on your desires. That then gives you clarity of what your definition of success is. And most importantly, we break everything down into 90 day targets to say out of all the things you could do. What's the number one thing you should do to gain the most, you know, momentum in your journey? And so that's why it's called cash flow tactics. It's about taking a principle based approach and tactically applying it to an individual.
0: Oh, awesome! I like that. One of the thoughts that came to my mind as you said that was, and I know that you're Christian, um, yeah. God fearing man. So one of the ideas that came to my mind though was this idea of the talents of. Yeah the people taking those talents, one of them amplified the other one amplified and did amazing things with them. And then the third one just grabbed his talents and put them in the ground and like hoped that those wouldn't disappear. But in the end, those were taken from him and given to the other ones because they actually went out and used them. So is that kind of the idea that you're sharing there?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, gosh, there's so much symbolism in that parable you know, number one, the master, right? I mean, the master came to the individual who buried his talents and took it from that individual. And you might look at the master and say, how rude, how selfish, like just let the guy have his talent, right? But at the end of the day, the master knows something about a talent, right? A talent is how you serve humanity. And the master, you know, Christ in this example, you know, he wants, he accomplishes his mission through our service to other people. And if we bury our talents not only does that lead to an unfulfilling life for us, but worse than that, it leads to problems unfulfilled for humanity. Because Wanda, you have unique gifts, skills, talents, and abilities that only you can bring to the marketplace that will solve very unique problems in the marketplace. And if you decide to say, hey, I'm too scared. It's too hard. I'm just going to take the easy way out. It's not my responsibility. I mean, all the excuses that humans come up with, you know, think about how unfulfilled your life would be because deep inside, you know, you're capable meant for more. And then think about the, the ripple effect of that, the people that you could have and should have served that you did not. And so I love that parable of the talents because the master holds the the servant accountable for the betterment of humanity. And then absolutely, you know, when when we as producers go out and use our talents, you know, just from a monetary perspective, I mean, think about this for an entrepreneur, right? Dollars follow value. And if you can create value, then dollars are the easy way to, to exchange in our economy. But the second principle behind dollars follow value are exchange, exchange creates wealth. Like if you bring a service to the table and I have dollars in my bank account and I value your service more than I value the dollars and we exchange, we both walk away wealthy. We both got exactly what we wanted. And third, for an entrepreneur, this is such a powerful mindset, um, is profits, Profit is a tool of validation. It validates that your efforts are warranted. They are needed. They are merited in the marketplace. And so if you can just go into the marketplace with that, you know, mindset in place, dollars all value, exchange creates wealth, and profit is a tool of validation. Entrepreneurship is the most beautiful form of service that you can possibly render.
0: Yeah. Ah, so good. So as, as people are like listening to this, I can just kind of feel this question popping up so what is it specifically that you do is it a program is it a coaching service is it a done-for-you service what is like the way that you help people understand financial IQ yeah.
1: man I love that um number one it's coaching right tons of coaching and education because here, here's the number one thing that we tell especially entrepreneurs um, 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous misleading and outright wrong meaning you're never going to get what you want if you follow it. So we have to reframe what you're trying to accomplish. So so much of what we do is just shifting people's perspective. It starts off with education. Then behind that, it's coaching to implement that education, to implement the game plan. And then behind that, it's the actual investment strategies that will bring cash flow and tax deductions and control into your game plan. So if someone goes tip to tell with us, they're going to listen to our content. They're going to have a, a paradigm shift to say, oh, my gosh, yeah, no wonder I'm stuck financially. Let, let me do something that these guys are talking about. Then they might come into one of our programs and buy a course or you know, come to a workshop or something like that. But at the end of the day, knowledge, in my opinion, is kind of cheap, right? It's it's So we do all of that stuff to ensure that people are ready to move. But then we help people convert their knowledge into action by, or knowledge into wisdom by taking action. And that's where we bring the investments, we bring the collaboration, we bring the masterminds to the table to help you get real results, to help you move forward on those 90 day targets, not by yourself, but in a group setting, and to help you truly achieve financial freedom. So, all the way from education to implementation, that's what we do.
0: I love that idea that, like, it is the knowledge that really can start setting people in motion and setting them free because. At first, like when somebody questions um, an idea or they feel like they know it all in an area, you cannot grow in that area if you feel like you already know it all. And so as soon as you allow yourself like to open up and have new ideas, I know that's exactly what I experienced when I came to one of your workshops and I like my mind was blown with the possibilities all my life up until that point, I had thought what you do with money is you just save it, why we save it? I have no idea, but you just grab like it, it and you save it and you. Save yeah. it. And, and it. you feel terrible and guilty anytime you ever have to use <laughs> what you save because the whole purpose is saving..
1: Oh, man,
0: and, is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but then coming to your mastermind, and I was like, oh, oh, now I'm starting to see more of the pictures. I'm starting to see why like it's so silly to just have a whole bunch of amazing resources, your, your monetary value, and they're just sitting there doing nothing when they could be working for you, could be helping other people and could be spreading pa- impactful messages. And yet it does nothing. And it just sits mm-hmm. there. So Wonderful. incredible. Powerful.
1: What a powerful explanation. That's exactly what we do. You should tell, you should tell people what I do, because that's exactly <laughs> it. <right
0: there>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that we understand more about cash flow tactics, tell us the why, why did you get started?
1: Yeah, you know, Wanda, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I did not start, in, you know, in on my life with the intention of coaching people with money, right? I, I started on my life. You know, here's, here's the crazy part. I'm just going to tell you a little bit of my backstory of why this means so much to me. You know, I kind of messed around in high school. You know, I wasn't, I dropped out of high school, you know, not for good reasons, for bad reasons. You know, I kind of messed around and when life kind of slapped me upside the head a few times and I was willing to learn the lessons that life was teaching me. You know, I decided to turn my life around and it was so crazy. Um, you know, at 21, all of the social conditioning from my entire upbringing kicked in. And I knew the way you get on the responsible path to being a responsible human being is you go to school, you get a job and you work hard. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that. And that's why I never even questioned that. And so that's exactly what I did. I went to college, not for the intent of learning, like first I had to go back and get my GED. Then I went to college. I graduated with a four-year degree, but I did it in two years because I just wanted to check the box saying I went to college. And I'll never forget, you know, during those two years of college, I paid my way through college as an entrepreneur. I had some side hustles and some things, you know, to pay my way. I graduated debt-free, completely broke, but debt-free. And, um, I remember I got that first job and what should have been validating was the exact opposite. I I moved my, I, I got married my senior year of college and I moved my wife and me, and she's now pregnant. We moved to Arizona. And I got that first check. And it's back in the day when the check came in an envelope, right? And I had the envelope and I wanted to save it and open it because it was a really big symbol for me. A high school dropout now as a college graduate. He gets his first professional paycheck. I thought I had graduated at some, you know, I, I'd arrived as, a, as, a, as an adult, I guess, right? And I remember I went to the Bank of America to cash the check and I'm sitting on the steps and I open the envelope. I take the check out and I look at it with anticipation right but as i looked at that check and i looked at the number i'm like there's got to be a mistake that can't be right and so i looked at all the things like i had all these deductions taxes and insurance and all the things came yeah. out and after 2 weeks with the college degree moving my wife and you know my my starting family to another state that i, I didn't want to live in tucson right but that's where the job was and so after all of this i made less money in 2 weeks than i made in a day as an entrepreneur. And I remember a little voice started to chirp in the back of my mind. It's like, Ryan, you should just quit now. And I was scared of that voice, right? Because that voice had led me astray a few times, right? And so I was scared of that voice and I told her to be quiet. And I resolved right then and there to use this inherent perception of what I thought the world was about to work harder. I thought, okay, look, I just need to work harder. So over the next four or five years, I climbed the corporate ladder as fast and as hard as I could. And I went from $35,000 a year to about $150,000 a year over five years. And in the beginning, it was exciting. Y'all making more money. Um, But man, I'll tell you what, those first four to five years, I nearly lost everything. And uh, when I say that, um, I was trading. I was trading everything I cared about, my family, my relationship with my wife, um, the corporate world pulled me so hard. We moved all over the place. Um, I actually lived in a different state than my family because I man- managed such a big geography that required me to be on the road. And you can imagine what kind of husband, what kind of father I was. And I kept telling myself, this is just what I have to do. And like you started this yeah. podcast, I thought if I work harder and save more, I'll get out faster. And um, I remember when my 401k crested about $100,000, I didn't know what that meant, but I thought I'm on the right track. Now, this is 2007. Shortly after that, in 2008, I lost almost 80% of what was in my 401k, and it was a punch to the gut. And at first, I thought I had made a mistake. I thought I had done something wrong. I thought I didn't know enough about whatever 401ks or mutual funds. And I started talking to all the people around me, and I realized everyone lost money. And the people I was modeling my life after, their lives were falling apart. And I realized, oh my, I I am literally following the definition of insanity. I'm following these people thinking (laughs) I'm going to have a different outcome. And I realized something very powerful. As an entrepreneur, we're used to taking control over our life. I realized I had no control over my money. Despite my best efforts, I didn't know what success looked like. I didn't know if I could ever retire. I didn't know how to impact the outcome of that. All I could do was just cross my fingers and hope harder. And at that moment, I decided I was going to take matters into my own hands. But on the back end of that one, and this is where everything really came full circle for me. Um, You know, I'm living in Indianapolis. My family's back in Texas. And I got a call from my wife and my my son, who was my wife was pregnant with, you know, on that previous story I told you in Tucson, Arizona, when I opened my first paycheck. um, Our son was born with a heart defect, and I knew it. Um, I'm an optimist and I thought he'd grow out of it. And I remember I got this call from my wife and she said, uh, Ryan, your son needs an emergency open heart surgery and I am heading to the hospital. And wanted that, man, that shook me. Um, you know, I felt like a failure in every stretch of the imagination. I wasn't a present father and I'm on the verge of losing my oldest son. And I got on a plane and I came back home and I spent the next two weeks uh, in the hospital with my son and my wife. And I reevaluated everything about my life. And I, you know, over the next couple of days, my son remarkably, I mean, he's a strong young man. He healed, he was strong. And uh, I felt like he'd been given a second chance and I was so grateful for it because more than anything, his second chance represented my second chance. I had a second chance to be his father and to be a present husband. And, um, I was not going to let that go. And I made a commitment in that hospital that day to find a way to take control over my life and my money and to blend those two worlds together. And that prompted an entirely different path to financial freedom. And in the beginning, man, I tell you what, it was hard, made a ton of mistakes. Um, But in, in the process, I met some people and I learned some lessons and I found some principles. And as I put those three things together, I found if I did certain things I got certain outcomes. And if I double down on those certain things, I got outcomes better, faster, and bigger outcomes. And in the beginning, you know, people said I was crazy. And honestly, it's not traditional finance, it's the exact opposite. And so I felt crazy, but I modeled what I was doing off of true successful people that I admired their family life and their financial life. And I tell you what, um, over the next couple of years, the people that said I was crazy, a lot of them came back and said, "How did you do it?" You know, after four years of doing what I was doing, I walked away from the corporate world completely, financially free, and I didn't lose my life or my sanity in that in that process. Um, in fact, I found a way to use money to live a more abundant life, to be a more present father. Financial okay, people-
0: okay yes. whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Whoa! whoa so go so on. many
0: yeah. so many good things right there that I'm just like whoa. Okay, questions yeah. and things that I want to dive in deeper. First off, thank you for sharing that story about your son because mm. I could I could tell in that um, it didn't just give him a second chance, but it did give you a second chance. Yeah. Also, thank you for learning from it. Like mm. having to go through something like that as a parent is terrifying and. But the fact that you used it as an actual wake-up call, that you didn't just let it like, well, that was tough, but I have to go back and I have to just do what's always been done. Like, Thank you for breaking away from that and not just like building financial freedom for yourself, but for other people, This, that is incredible. And I really wanted to, I wanted to tap into this because I know that so many people right now are feeling this pain of they're feeling this drive inside of them where they know they want to do different. They know they want to be more present with their family. They want to be there on the weekends or for the games in the evenings. They want to just be there and not have to wait till it's some big scary thing that's happening for their kids that wakes them up. They want to be there now. And I think what my question was for you is there had to have been something right there at the beginning. Like, just like what you said, that voice terrified you. Yeah. But what was it that you held on to that let you take that leap, that first step? Because that is always the most terrifying one.
1: It is. It's the scariest one. Um, honestly, I think that's the whole purpose of faith. You know, I felt like literally I had been given a second chance by God. Um, I've, I've always felt that um, that my family, especially, man, You bring a little kid into the world and you realize there is something to that power of creation, to that power of being a parent. I mean, I was so unprepared, so unready. I I kept looking for the user manual, but no one gave it to me. And so I had, you know, you have to move forward in faith as a parent and you do the best that you can. And I remember in that hospital over and over, um, you know, we had one moment in the hospital where my son, he was in a wheelchair and I was wheeling him around the hospital, just talking to him. And I was really talking to myself. And I'll never forget, um, we were staring out over the city, you know, it was nighttime, we were looking out over the lights in the city. And I asked him, you know, Doug, what are you going to do with this second chance? And he told me something, you know, Legos or something like that. But I, I felt in that moment, like when I, I was asking him what he was going to do with that second chance, but I felt like God was asking me, what am I going to do with that second chance? I'll never forget that moment. Um, that was a blessing. And I knew it. It was a blessing. And I knew it. And man, when you know, that, um, all you can do is move forward in faith. And I think one of the biggest things about having a God sized dream is realizing that that dream is not accomplishable by yourself. Like you have to invite faith into a dream that big. And so my dream was to be financially free in 10 years or less, literally, no matter what it took. I did not want money to be the driver of my life, but I wasn't willing to throw away my life like I had been doing in order to get it. So I had to figure out a way to balance those two worlds. And the most beautiful part about that, Wanda, is when you're ready to listen, when you're ready to see, God talks to you and he puts the things in front of you. And that's Over the next couple of weeks, the people came into my life that had always been there. I just wasn't ready to see them or hear them or listen to them or be aware of them. The the mentors came into my life. The experiences came into my life. The books came into my life that made me realize one thing as it relates to money. Everything I was doing with money was wrong. And if you can realize that, like I went through the pain and the grief of that because everything I thought I knew about money was you work hard, you save hard. And one day you cross your fingers and all works out. But if you can go through those stages of grief and get to that point that it's not working and it's wrong and throw it away, then it makes it so much easier to see the few things that actually work. And that's like, as soon as I was ready to let go, and that's why I say 97% is dangerous misleading or wrong. As soon as I was ready to let go of traditional finance, it opened me up to alternative opportunities because look at the successful people out there. The people that literally are self-made financially free, they're not doing mutual funds and 401ks better than the average person. They're literally doing the exact opposite. Once I realized that I just found someone who had done exactly what I wanted to do and said, show me, how did you do it? They showed me and I did it. That's as simple as it is. I mean, there's no magic in it.
0: Uh, I love I love this. So first, the first like gem that you shared there that has been this constant thing that I keep hearing come out and out with successful people like yourself of like, what was that key step is this element of faith or hope or whatever somebody wants to call it. but Everybody has that to a certain degree. What I'm hearing in your story is that you chose to trust that Mm. more than the fear. And I think that is something that's like the magic that so many people are missing is you can't just have faith and have hope and like that what you're doing is going to eventually change your outcome. If you've always gotten this outcome, you have to have true trust and choose to like leap into that faith instead of just stay on that fear.
1: I think the most impactful and powerful journey any human can take is the six inch journey between your head to your heart or the 12 inch (laughs) journey, whatever it it is. Like that's the journey right there. And then the other thing that I've always been really big on, um, you know, and I think this came out of, uh, one of the, like the very first, like when I decided to step out of the gutter, like as a high school dropout, I remember someone gave me Stephen Covey's book, set the seven habits of highly effective people. And that book radically altered my mindset. And I'll never forget his habit number two is begin with the end in mind. And what a radical thing, right? Why don't we just do everything with the end in mind? Because then it gives you so much clarity of what you do today. And so with money, like I always had this problem, like before I took option A versus option B, it's what is the problem I'm trying to solve? And my objective, even when I took that corporate career was, I want to be financially free. I don't want to feel stuck constantly by money. And so, I went down traditional finance and the i was solving that problem with you know working harder saving more and hoping that the market did it that did not work that was never going to work for me uh, that i realized because i didn't have any control over it and so when i still I still had the same problem i just started looking for a different solution to solve the same problem how do i make my money work for me instead of me working my entire life for it and here's the biggest epiphany that i had um i'll never forget this like so when i was in college um, you know, again, I didn't care about college. I wasn't there to learn. I was there to check a box. And I remember in my senior year, um, I was taking two classes at the same time and I would just alternate which day I went to which class. But there was this dude in, in one of my classes, his name was Chris. And um, that guy was so weird, right? But he we were on a project together. And one, t- one day we got talking about, you know, what he was doing and he was buying real estate. And I'm like, that guy is crazy. Like, I, I was worried about internships and graduation, all this stuff. And, you know, when we graduated, it was a pretty small graduating class in the program I was in. He was the one guy out of whatever we were, like 35 people. He was the one guy out of all of us that didn't have a job. The rest of us went off and did our thing. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought, now I'm going to see that guy on the breadline. He's buying real estate because in my mind, that's risky, right? And I'll never forget, right? 2008, I lost all that money. Um, my, my son had heart surgery and I was back home for the holidays. Okay. And I'm trying to put my life back together. And lo and behold, I ran into Chris for almost five years later. And I ran into Chris in a restaurant and I said, Chris, how are you doing? Now he had this air of confidence about him. He wasn't braggadocious or anything like that, but he had this certainty that Matt for me was not there. It was non-existent. And so, and I was looking for it. I was gravitated. So after we exchanged some pleasantries, I said, Chris, please tell me what you've been up to. Is that like, right, Ryan? Come to my office the next day. I drove to his office the next day and I stepped into his office, and this changed everything for me. I was used to the corporate offices, right? Decorated with degrees, plaques, certificates, you know, whatever professional accomplishments. So hollow, so shallow, meant nothing. I walked into his office, and everywhere I looked were pictures of a life well lived, adventures with his family wow. he had been doing. And I sat down with him, and I just, and I was so ready. I said, Chris, show me what you've been doing. And he mapped out for me what he had been doing the last five years. And I said, Chris, how much can I pay you to show me how to do that? I paid him $5,000 and he mentored me for the next six months and it radically changed my trajectory. I knew what success looked like. I knew what I wanted. I knew how to reframe with money what I was actually trying to accomplish. And I had a mentor to pick me up on all of the mistakes that I made. And those six months changed everything.
0: Yeah. And talk about what an amazing deal, what an amazing offer to be able to get that right, like fresh from somebody's hand and wow. step by step right from the beginning. Holy cow. Okay. So now, now that we ha- understand more of who Ryan is and, and why you started Cashflow Tactics and what this is all about, I want to understand more of the family side. How does this convert into your family life? What does family life look like now? What do you are you so excited about inside your own family?
1: Yeah, I love that, Wanda. Um, so here's here's the thing, um, and I'll tell you a story to kind of get to the point of this. You know, in the beginning, when I was saving as much as I could to put it into a 401k, you know, my wife and I, you you fall in love, right? And you, you, when you're falling in love, like nothing else matters. You're in love, and that's awesome, right? But then, as you go through trials and challenges, you realize you might be married to someone who sees the world a little bit different than you (laughs) right in the beginning. It was so funny. You know, now I can look back and I can laugh, but this is so hard because I was in so much pain and I thought money was the answer to that pain. And I thought when we had enough money, then we buy our life back. And so my wife and I had a lot of discussions in the beginning around money. And I'll never forget one one came to a head. We had finally bought our first house The house was completely empty for the first year. Completely. There was not a single piece of furniture in the house. In fact, there was one couch that they sold with the house because it was too big for them to get out of the house. That was all we had. And I remember my wife came to me and she's like, you know what, Ryan, I want to buy a picture for the front room because you would knock on our front door and open up the front door and it was a front room with nothing in it. It was just an open room. And she's like i want to buy a picture and i went off on a tangent i mean this makes me sound like such an idiot but i was and probably still am but anyway she's like i want to buy a picture and i went off about the compounding effect of sixty dollars if she didn't buy the picture today and we took that sixty dollars and we saved it for the next whatever she could buy as many pictures as she wanted and i remember she told me something that you know frustrated me in the moment because it was true and i wasn't willing to look at the truth yet but she said ryan Life has not lived 40 years from now. Life has lived right oh, here, right now. Sorry, are, she said, you are missing it. And I didn't realize in the beginning when we were having money conversations, we weren't really having money conversations. We were having value conversations and it was masked in money, but I didn't know what she valued. I knew what I valued and I just came in like a bulldozer, Right. And so now the way we do money is really powerful. I know what her values are. I know what money means for her because money, again, if it doesn't really exist, it's just a symbol of getting what we want. And what I want and what she wants and how we use money are different and that's okay. But now we have a game plan and that game plan dictates and directs money to what she wants, her values. It dictates and directs money to what I want, my values. And more than anything, Wanda, we came together on what we value together. And now money truly is a tool help us build and live a life that we both want. I want and still want, and still I'm committed to complete financial freedom. She understands that. I understand that. She wants to have an amazing home, not a house, but a home. I understand that. And I realize and understand now what an investment that actually is. And Wanda, (laughs) once we gave each other permission to use money collectively And individually, in a way that honored our values, oh my gosh, things finally got better. And things finally started actually going faster as well. We both got what we wanted and budgeting, I don't love that word, but like creating a spending plan and creating a game plan was fun.
0: I love that. I love that new word of creating. Now, money was... Oh, we're having a glitch. Back and forth. Here we go is that better you got you Wanda. okay but i was gonna say i love that idea though of creating a spending plan instead of creating a budget because a budget is all about what you can't do with money what you can't do with everything that you've worked so hard for but creating a spending plan is taking all of your hard-earned um well all the work that you have put in all the hours and the pain and transactioning it into getting what you want out of life. That's beautiful. I love that idea. Um, So I also...
1: One more thing with you on that, Wanda, just another little nugget there. You know, the definition, the definition of financial freedom that Chris gave me all the way back in the day that shifted my perspective was it doesn't really matter where you put your money until... You know how much income that thing, that asset is going to give you back, right? And how long it's going to last, you know, how much it rises with inflation, all those things. But at the end of the day, it's about cash flow. It's about income coming from assets. That defines where you should put your money. And then if we take this one step further, financial freedom is a lifestyle, not like retirement. That's it's a destination. We try to save up a bunch of money and arrive at some future points. Financial freedom is a lifestyle. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of that. We just moved into I'm going to say our dream home. My wife and I have been talking about this for a decade. We've been preparing for it. We've been working for it for a decade. And about two, three years ago, we sat down and actually put pen to paper to say, we're in a position where we can start considering building this dream home. It was going to be a big increase in monthly expenses. And so once we understood what the increase in monthly expenses was going to be, then she, this is not her, but she understands what my core values are. She came back to me and Said, okay, cool, Ryan. That's going to, to increase our monthly expenses by X dollars. How much assets do we have to buy to maintain financial freedom? This then gave us collectively the permission to go out and buy assets to increase our cash flow so that when we stepped into building this new home, we maintained integrity and we didn't financially for We have enough cash flow to cover the new level of expenses that we stepped into because collectively and combined, we plan for it from the beginning. It's such a different way to manage your finances.
0: Uh, I love that idea. And it right now, money seems to be getting in the way of so many relationships and this code that you've uncracked, this way of using it just allows it to be another tool where people can come together with their values. So that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that example. So I want to know now, how are you passing down these kinds of traditions to your kids, these kinds of things where your kids are being involved?
1: Ah, this is the funnest part of all of it. Okay. So I'm going to share just a couple of nuggets with this. You know, I really think money is, I call it a sticky, right? It's just, it's a way to bring, people want to talk about money, right? My kids want money because they want to do stuff. And so it's a sticky way to bring them together to talk about bigger picture uh, principles and values. And so um, a long, long time ago, this has been a long, long time ago, my wife and I established kind of a, a, we call it a commission program. So we pay our kids different levels of commissions for jobs that we expect them to do inside of the home. But one of the best things that we did with that is we put put a framework around those commissions. Every single week, we do an accounting as a family, and we're not, you know, we don't hit it every single week, but every single week, the intention is to do an accounting as a family. I bring the kids together. We sit down and we analyze our actions over the week and I pay them their commissions. And they're excited to do it because they want the money. Right. Um, But then with those commissions, we get to talk about how did you like how did you do the things that were required? of Did you um like did you do them to the level that are expected? And we get to analyze if dollars follow value, how much value they created and thus how much do- dollars flow to them. Then with that, we created a framework around this. So for every dollar that they get, they can um, spend unlimited without any restrictions up to 40%. So the first 10% of every dollar they make goes to giving, right? It goes to, because the more you give, the more you get, but it's a principle of giving. The next 50% of what they get, they save for a future purpose. I'm, I'm a very visual person, so I like them to have something printed out or something that we can look at. So they know what they're saving for. Like my oldest son, you know, he just turned 16 about a year ago and he was saving for a car. We had a picture of a car. We had a number for the car. He knew, I knew, we knew what he was working towards. So it's 10% goes to giving, 50% goes to saving, 40% goes to spending. That's how they do that portion of it. But then this is my favorite part, okay? I'm trying to raise people that understand the principle that dollars follow value. So we call this, and even though I don't like 401ks, Um, I I stole this from a 401k. We call it the Lee family match, right? It's like the company match right on your 401k for every dollar. My kids earn outside of the home. I match it a dollar. So if Kiana, my daughter will go out and babysit, if Doug, who's like my oldest, he's ran a little pen business where he makes pens and sells them to people for every dollar he earns outside of the home. I double it. So if they can earn 500 bucks, they get, if they can earn a thousand, they get 2000. And so It's just like this little commission program has given us such a framework to talk about principles of life and empowering them with money, helping them understand what they want, how they get what they want by being smart and also by working hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love, oh, so many things about this. I love, I love this idea that one, just like in business, it is so much more fulfilling when you're running a company, when you're doing business transactions when you are giving value. And I feel like so many times we miss the mark in our homes thinking that we need to just expect our kids to do chores or things like that. Instead, if we can give them what they want when they help us maintain a home that we want, it's so much better. It's like, it creates exactly what you're talking about. All of those opportunities to talk all of those learning experiences of what it's going to actually be like to have your own family, to do your own business. Uh, so good. So we're running out of time and I have one more question for you. I could seriously talk to you this for hours longer. <laughs> so my last question for you is right now, there's people listening who are wanting to know what they need to do to have financial freedom. They're wanting to take that first step. They're wanting to finally stop working for the money and have the money working for them. But just like we started and now it's come full circle at the very beginning, everything is crazy. Everything's pulling us in different directions and everything's begging for our attention. So how can they shift one small thing in their life so that money can start flowing into their life in a way that works for them?
1: Yeah. I love this. Um, Since you primarily serve entrepreneurs you know, Here's the number one thing I would say for an entrepreneur, um, and this this requires a sense of discipline and permission, um, but there's three pieces of advice I can give for an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to come and ask me what's their best investment, but if you're an entrepreneur, I always shift it back to really your best investment. Your business is your best investment, and if you honor it as your best investment, you should double down on it because – from a financial and an economic standpoint, you can put a dollar at your business and turn it into two. You can put a dollar at your business and turn it into 10 or any, any multiple above that. There is no investment that will ever match your business. So double down on your business. But then in the long run, it's not really what you make. It's what you keep as a business owner that will build a level of abundance into your life. And so that's where you need to start. You need to start by building reserves. I think we're going to be heading into Wanda a pretty difficult time. And many people who aren't prepared for it, they're going to suffer. The people that are prepared for it, they're going to have an opportunity to radically increase, radically grow their business because they're prepared for whatever chaos, whatever the world brings to them. But that starts by building reserves and building a level of abundance. As a business owner, you should have three to six months of fixed expenses, fixed business expenses in reserve. That is your permission slip to be in business. Then as an individual, you should have three to 12 months of personal expenses in reserves. Now, people are going to look at that and say, that's crazy. But as a business owner that creates a level of abundance, I love what Tony Robbins says. He says the quality of our life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty we can comfortably live with. Uncertainty comfortably live with uncertainty. If everything in our life is uncertain, it's chaos. If everything in our life is certain, it's bland and boring. But if you can balance uncertainty with certainty, then the uncertainty happens in your business. You can take advantage of opportunities. You can take some calculated risks because you've prepared for that with certainty behind you. So Number one, get liquid, get your reserves. And then last but not least, measure the success of when you invest outside of your business, not by net worth, not by rate of return. Those two things are completely irrelevant. They're important, but they're irrelevant. The number one thing that you want to consider is how much income do, the, do is that asset going to produce and how quickly do you get that income and how much control do you have over it? If you can just use those three measuring questions before you choose to put your money in option A or option B, It'll help you focus on the right assets that will get you exactly what you want. Whether we call it retirement or we call it financial freedom, your assets have to produce a predictable stream of income for either one of them to be relevant. So start measuring your success based off of that. And you'll start to realize very, very quickly, the majority of the things that we are told to do with our money don't produce the thing that we all actually want.
0: Yes. Ah, so good. Thank you for those tips that I'm going to tie it real quick into how that actually ties into family as well because you said in their calculated risks understanding those risks because right now what is it costing you what is the risks of Mm. staying in the corporate world you Mm. are risking your family your relationships the things that you actually want to do in life your freedom your time and those are risks that everybody is willingly making right now but So yeah, there's risks involved with entrepreneurship, but just like you said, you can calculate those risks and get a better return out of it, not just financially, but for your whole family, for your relationships. Mm, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us. Thank you everybody for listening. Ryan, where can people start going right now if they want to connect with you?
1: Yeah, I think the best way, I mean, we're on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, all all the places, no matter where you connect, if you want to, If you want to see an alternative reality for you as it relates to money, if you go to our Facebook pages, Cashflow Tactics You know, on Facebook, we have a free five-day challenge. Now, on that five-day challenge, literally, I show you a principle and then I give you a calculator where you get to calculate the path that you're on and the path that could be possible if you shifted what you measured as the definition of success when it comes to money. I love the five-day challenge because no one's talking to you no one's trying to sell you anything it's 100 percent free it's just meant to show you will uh, not show you an alternative reality if you like that reality better than the current reality then maybe maybe you might connect with us and we can see what we can do for you
0: oh, i love that okay go check it out everybody Ryan, this has been amazing thanks for coming on my show and we will see you all next time thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all, and we will see you
1: next time.